We're excited to welcome Luis Glan to our podcast today. Hi, I'm Brooklyn Sears, GSNI Marketing Specialist. Hi, I'm Anne Marie Soderstrom, GSNI Communications Manager. Hello, I'm Louise Glan, an older girl, Girl Scout leader, in Recognition Committee and the Native American and other council committees. And you're listening to the Friendship Circle. Hi, Louise. Thank you so much for joining us. Could you tell us a little bit about how you volunteer with GSNI? Well, I'm, like I said, I'm on the Recognition Committee and the Scholarship Committee. And um, locally, I, I'm on the Recognition Committee too, but there are so many things that the girls can do through council and for council that I just, you know, want to be part of that and help out as much as I can too. Louise, how long have you been a Girl Scout? Um, over 50 years. So we're here today to talk about a special topic. November is Native American Heritage Month. And this is a time where we celebrate the cultures, the traditions, the histories, and the, the countless contributions of Native American communities in the United States. So locally in 2021, we, GS and I, created several groups to embrace and explore the topic and tasks of how all people should feel welcome within our Girl Scout team. And one of these groups is our Native American Task Force. Now, Louise, you're a member of our Native American Task Force. Could you tell us a little bit about why you joined the task force and what you and the rest of the team are currently working on? Well, my family ancestry has been Iroquois through my great-grandmother's side. And we did not follow all those customs um, in our early years growing up because we really didn't know too much about it. Um, we knew we were, they used to call us French Canadian Indian for many, many years. But since the 70s, um, when we found out which tribe, we, I tried to encourage my children and grandchildren and Girl Scouts to experience it. I have taken uh, my troops to many powwows through the years. And we also immerse our Girl Scouts um, in the Native American culture on our trips to Alaska every four years. Sometimes we even stay on a uh, Clinket reservation for five days. So it's it's a way to get the girls involved. And this committee just seemed to, you know, just say, hey, join me, join me. And so I did. Well, we're so, so glad that you did. Uh, what kind of uh, group are you working with and what are some of the things you're looking to accomplish? Well, the, the thing we started out with was the land acknowledgements. And living here in Roscoe and Rock and with the Hananiga High School, we've addressed that many, many times because there are certain people that say, no, it's not. And the other people that say, yes, it is. So with all the Native American names throughout our council and our camps, um, you know, I felt it was a really good thing to, to do to show the girls, you know, we do have, um, you know, heritage there. So some of the names need to be changed and some don't. So I wanted to be in part of that. Plus, um, we are also planning to host a day for a powwow 101 type course to introduce um, non-natives to the etiquette and enjoyment of the Native American special celebration. Wow, that's incredible. Um, so when you were talking a little bit about names without the, throughout the council, um, you mean like our service, some of our service unit names? Right, right. And different and we, places at camps as well. And have you seen, um, how have people been receptive to those kind of conversations? Most of them have been delving into the history. And, and, and the, you know, there are a lot of uh, 
sites where you can find out about your area. Uh, some have decided to just go ahead and change because they didn't have the time or the wherewithal to try to do the research. But um, you know, many of them have changed their names and some have said, well, we wanna stay with it. We know we have this, this connection. Okay. And then what typically is a land acknowledgement? Can you tell us a little bit about what that is? It's well, like, like for the Girl Scout Council, we were using different Native American names for the different service units. Whereas it was just a, originally probably, okay, let's just, you know, you're going to camp, you're in the out of doors. And when we had the TPs and everything, it was just, you know, this would be, you know, right in that category. But then people were trying to say, well, you know, you really shouldn't be using that name because that has nothing to do with that area. Um, I know that the Trickster um, organization out of Schaumburg works with the, um, oh gosh, what, what am I thinking? the Blackhawks, because it used to be, you know, really depth of the Native American, but they have worked with them and, um, you know, on both sides, they think it's a great idea, you know, to be working with them. And they have the, the Native American veterans come out on the ice and they have other, you know, Native American activities. So they have also, you know, delved into the land acknowledgement, so to speak, even though it's not land, but it's the, um, you know, the naming of the different places. That's incredible. Um, and I believe, Ricklin, you were going to um, tell us a little bit about our land acknowledgement. Yes. So I wanted to read one important outcome of the Native American Task Force, which is our land acknowledgement. Yes, and I acknowledges that our camps and resource centers are located on the ancestral lands of many Native nations, including the Fox and Sauk, Meskwaki, Peoria, Kickapoo, Ho-Chunk, and the Potawatomi. We remain dedicated to the preservation of traditional lands. We seek to support Native American heritage by paying our respects to Indigenous peoples and are committed to honor their connection and care for the land. This land acknowledgement is an expression of gratitude and way of recognizing the lasting relationship between indigenous peoples and their traditional homelands since time immemorial. We're so grateful for the teamwork and input from our Native American task force that made this statement possible. Yes, thank you so much, Louise, on behalf of yeah. all of our Girl Scouts and our action teams and task forces. We know that a lot of work went into deciding what words to use and how to best honor um, and uplift uh, our Native American connections. So thank you so much for you and your team putting that work in. It's my pleasure. Uh, so one of the ways that our local Girl Scouts can be involved in Native American Heritage Month is by completing some requirements to qualify for the Girl Scout Native American Heritage Celebration Fund Patch. So the uh, GSUSA, which is our Girl Scouts of the USA, they actually created a multicultural community celebration patch, which includes um, several opportunities to celebrate different communities. And one is the Native American Heritage Month patch. And they all go around, these patches all go around a center that is Girl Scouts. And so we were very excited to see that come out when it first came out. And anyone can download the Native American Heritage Month activity sheet in English or in Spanish um, from the Girl Scout website. There are lots of activities to choose from, um, including art, community traditions, food, that's usually my favorite, um, <laughs> dance, and lots more. Um, and one of the things I think that is so uplifting 
about being a Girl Scout is we encourage all of our Girl Scouts from all backgrounds uh, to participate uh, in earning these patches and completing these requirements. There's a lot of uh, really great things to learn and a, a lot of inclusive opportunities there. Um, so we're grateful for uh, Girl Scouts of the USA providing such a, an easy, uh, accessible uh, program for our Girl Scouts. And so Louise, you've seen the activity sheet and you've looked at that. And what are some of the ways you think that GSNI Girl Scouts could learn more about sort of the ongoing Native American traditions and contributions? And how would you encourage troop leaders and adult volunteers to get involved? Well, I really think um, it would be helpful, you know, for like we've been talking about um, Powwow 101, to go to museums, to go to powwows, and before they go to a powwow, to even look up on the internet etiquette for, for the powwows. Um, I have been to many of them, and sometimes the people that take the, the children there have not ex, you know, expressed any interest in having them learn the etiquette. And you know, sometimes it's it's not good. But I think that that if they looked it up, you know, and it doesn't take much to just look up the etiquette and read it to the girls, because that's what we do in the, on our way to a powwow. And um, it shows the respect for this culture. And that's what's important is to learn about this. And there's a lot of museums out there. The Trickster um, you know, Museum in Schaumburg is wonderful. And they give you a tour and explain everything. And they have different you know, activities there that you can attend. Um, I, just, I just think it's great. There's you know, Native American sites in different places too that are outdoor museums or part of the culture outside. So I know I take my girls up to um, my tribe's powwow every July, and you know I love the food. And like you said, <laughs> if I can have my Indian taco, you know, but oh. they they enjoyed it. Um, they got a chance to see you know the religious part of it as well. Wonderful. Can you share with us just a little bit about what are some maybe little known etiquette that might be helpful for some folks making their first first trip to a powwow? Well, for one thing, you don't, you call what they are wearing regalia. You don't say your costume or anything like that, because everything on their regalia has a religious significance. Some of parts of it are even blessed, you know, um, by religious leaders. Uh, also, don't take pictures unless you ask. I saw some kids um, who should have known better at their age, but they were taking um, selfies with some of the dancers, which is that's a no-no because, like I said, first of all, it's a religious meaning for them, and also they don't want other people to copy their regalia either. Um, there's a way to get into. Everybody is, you know, involved, and that there's even non-Americans, not Native Americans, but um, to come out and dance during intertribals. And you just the only thing that you really have to do there, you don't want to go wild and dancing like some of these girls did. But you go out there and you don't get in front of the head dancers. You get in behind them in the circle around, um, you know, that type of thing. And those are just a few basics, but I think those, those are, are the ones that really helpful. Yeah. I think especially in a, you know, a lot of our culture today, you know, take photos and ask questions later. So I'm right. really glad that you mentioned that. Uh, especially now you did say a little bit about the food. So I'm just going to ask you, what are what are some of the food options? Uh, well, they usually have general hot dogs, hamburger, that type of thing. But that the, the um, Native American um, taco is just like most tacos, only it's on a um, fry bread. Ooh. 
you know, like the used to do out of camp and, you know, and it's, it's delicious. They have corn soup sometimes and, um, you know, depends on the power you go to and, and the part of the country as well. But oh, yeah, wow. I do like my Native American taco, my Indian taco. <laughs> that sounds delicious. That sounds amazing. Oh, I love that. And they usually at these powwows usually have a lot of vendors displaying and selling their, their crafts, which also is an educational part for the kids. Wonderful. Is, is there like an age that you would recommend starting um, Girl Scout activities uh, to going to a powwow or uh, do you think it's really open to all levels? I think it's open to all levels, levels as long as their parents and leaders take the time to tell them all about the etiquette. Because this way, then, you know, the little ones, I, I took my little ones when they were little and they, I had a time said, I taught them how to do the toe, the toe heel, toe heel, which is the only basic step they need and not to run around and be respectful. And, you know, if they can get that across to the younger ones, go ahead and take them. You know, they come in, they come in with a grand entry, which is like a parade. And it's got not only the American flags, but all the veterans flags. And um, it's really impressive because they have a flag song. You, can, you don't understand what they're saying, but you know, it's their flag, you know, respect song. And they have a veterans and um, they have groups of drummers and singers. And they, this group might do the flag song and this group might be the honor song, you know. So it, it just shows the reverence of the powwows and it, you know, should be a respectful thing in the minds of the kids. And this is something you said your the Native American Task Force is thinking of bringing a powwow 101 to GSNI. So something that would it be something just yes. leaders attend or leaders and Girl Scouts or how would that work? Leaders both. It would be leaders and Girl Scouts and everybody ahead of time would be given the um, rules of etiquette so that they bring their kids and the kids know what to do. Wow. I can I think that's going to be really popular. I really do. Oh, I do too. I do too. <laughs> Will that help uh, fulfill some of the requirements for the Native American Heritage Patch? I'm sure it would, but it won't be till spring. So I don't know what the requirements are for when you have to have them done. So you can earn the patches all year round. Okay. Um, we just good. typically talk about them, you know, especially on the on the months that they correspond with. Okay. Uh, that's good. So that's wonderful. One of our favorite questions to ask is always, why do you do what you do? What drew you to volunteer with Girl Scouts? And how do you see Native American Heritage Month being part of that passion? Um, I grew up in a Girl Scout family. We were Girl Scouts all through high school. And then in college, um, I became a leader. And I have been with Girl Scouts ever since. Um, we knew it was the greatest premier program for girls worldwide. We just, you know, this is girls. This is only girls. Girls need a place for themselves. And that's, you know, why we kept with it. You know, in Girl Scouts, we participated in Native American activities in my troop, in the troop that I belong to. And we went to powwows with our family and our troop. My father used to dance with Native American tribes in the Dells. So that kind of just flowed into our family, you know, activities. And the Marinership I was in in high school um, even went through the Native American ordeal and received our names. So it was a special place, you know, in our family. And, um, you know, I just think it's a great opportunity. And I'm, I'm glad we've got the heritage. We don't know a, a lot about what happened with our great grandmother, but we're learning. So that's fantastic, Louise. So 
When you are looking back on your many, many years of Girl Scout experience, where would you see the most advancement? Where have you seen Girl Scouts uh, as an organization, even just GSNI as a council grow? How have you seen that advance? What are some things that you've seen over the years? Well, when I first came, obviously, in the olden days, the, our badges were all having to do with sewing, childcare, housekeeping, you know, that type of thing. That really wasn't a challenge in, in our careers at that time. But through the years, the, the badges have developed with that. Now, sometime when STEM came around, maybe a little too much because they forgot about a lot of the outdoor stuff and a lot about the basics. And the basics don't mean that you're going to keep house just for the sake of keeping house, but you got to take care of your house. You got to take care of your kids and your family and cook all those basics, you know. So it was good to see that they came through with, with um, STEM and a lot of the other opportunities. And then finally, they have also been coming back into the outdoor programs. So they were they were paying attention to what we were saying and to what, you know, they were doing. So. Oh, that's true. I'm so glad that GSUSA, Girl Scouts, and GSNI listens to volunteers and to Girl Scouts as they get older and share their thoughts and their feelings. Um, what would you say about this increased emphasis on belonging as we talk about having our task forces and our action teams here at GSNI? Well, I think nowadays, especially when every word that you know we write and say, we really have to think first before we say anything because it can be construed as something totally different than what we mean. And we want to make sure that every girl feels welcome, no matter what their background, you know, and they're, they're part of us. That's Girl Scouts are, you know, sisterhood, whether or not they're the same color or, or background or religion or what, you know. So, you know, it just, belonging brings it to the forefront, maybe for people who don't know about that and who haven't thought about that or have never had an opportunity in their organization to address it. So I think it's good to get it out there and, you know, everybody can learn something from each group that's that's out there, Native American and all the others. What are some ways you think that we could make um, Girl Scouts who are Native American or um, girls who are Native American feel welcome here at GSNI? Well, I think us doing some of the activities with Trickster and if Trickster can help us have an activity where it could be the their their tribes and their groups, because we you know, it's hard to tell when somebody is Native American. And, you know, when we had our talking circle with Moni and Gina at the Trickster, they explained to people, you know, if you have Native American background, you don't say, I'm part of America, Native American. You just say, I'm Native American. And this way we can get girls to open up that they are, whether they're half or quarter or whatever. And then they say, oh, we have something in common. We don't look alike, but we have something in common. And I think that's really important. Now around here, we don't have that much of an opportunity because we don't have a place like Trickster to bring that out in people. And, you know, some places are still way behind the, the, the times and Canada doesn't acknowledge, well, now I think they're getting better at it, but they don't even acknowledge that they had Native Americans there. They said, we don't have Native Americans here in Canada. So, you know, we need to get it out there so that people say, yes, I am. And if we have these activities and everybody shows how much they enjoy it and address the 
belonging, so to speak. I think it's a great thing. Wonderful. Thank you so much for joining us today, Louise. We are thrilled that you could give us your perspective and that you are such a longtime uh, committed Girl Scout, a troop leader, and uh, many committees I'm sure you've been on over the years, but we're especially grateful today for your assistance on our Native American Heritage Team. And uh, thank you so much for your time and talent. We really appreciate you joining us today. Well, thank you, and you're welcome. It's worth it. <laughs> If any of our listeners have questions about joining GSN, if any of our listeners have questions about joining GSNI's belonging group, let us know at 1-844-476-4463 or by emailing customercare at girlscoutsni.org. Thank you for listening to the Friendship Circle, a GSNI podcast.